We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Rob Doster here for the Field of 60. Today, we are bringing you another episode in our Off the Carousel series, where we will be joined by each and every new head coach to the Division I ranks. There are almost 60 of them. We're going to be rolling these out a couple of days throughout the month of May and the month of June. So make sure that you subscribe to the channel. And if you like this interview, don't be afraid to tap that like button. That stuff really does help our channel and help our presence on YouTube. It helps more people like you find this content. And since I have you guys here, make sure that you check out our Instagram and TikTok pages. We are going to be pumping out more unique content over there throughout the summer heading into next season. Like, for example, did you know that Penny Hardaway was shot when he was a player in college? I bet you didn't know that. There are more stories like that on those pages. The links are in the description below. So now, without further ado, let's get into another edition of Off the Carousel. All right, we're back with another edition of the Field of 68's Off the Carousel series in which we're talking to all of the new Division I hires. I am your host for this episode, Jim Root, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Eric Peterson, the University of South Dakota. He's back at South Dakota after a stint as an assistant, but folks, he has earned this. He's been at the, the high school level, the JUCO level, the Division II level, caught on with Craig Smith at South Dakota previously, had joined him at Utah and Utah State. Now he's back home. And Eric, I want to start with this. You're back in Vermilion. What's the restaurant or food spot that you're really excited to get back in the rotation after being away for a couple of years? That's a great question. So somebody asked me that when I went to Utah State, they're like, tell me your favorite restaurants of any place you've ever been. And I kind of thought about it. And honestly, the three best places, my top three would all be in Vermilion, South Dakota. Oh, wow. I'm not just saying that because I'm back. So there's a place in Here's a funny recruiting story for you. We um, get the job at, at South Dakota. I drive from Williston, North Dakota down, and we have a Division One transfer from Nebraska that Craig uh, Smith coached the very first weekend. And we don't know the town, but like it's small. So we're like, we'll figure it out. Well, the football coaches told us to take the kid to breakfast at Mr. Smith's. And so we punch it in the GPS. We're circling the block. We, we can't find this place. So finally, after like 10 minutes, we just stop and ask somebody like, hey, where's Mr. Smith at? And they're like, well, it's in, it's in the Ace Hardware store. It's right there. <laughs> well, there's no sign that says Mr. Smith. So we always see is an Ace Hardware, but there's a restaurant inside the hardware store. So you're, you're literally 
ordering and the snowblowers are right over here next to you. Um, and we got this dude from Nebraska, he's seven feet tall and we're in a hardware store eating breakfast, probably not the best place to take that kid. Um, but we didn't know, like we, we had just got to town. So Mr. Smith's awesome breakfast place. Um, the sandwiches are like why people go there. They, they sling out hot sandwiches that are phenomenal. Some of the best I've ever had. Um, there's a place downtown, downtown called Cafe Brulee, which is a really cool breakfast, um, boutique type, like, um, lunch spot that we take recruits to. And the other place shut down for COVID, but I, I've heard rumors that it's going to reopen. It's Red Steakhouse. I've been to Fleming's. I've been to uh, Ruth Chris. I would put Red Steakhouse over any of those places. So kind of crazy that my three favorite places are all in Vermilion, South Dakota. Love that. I love that. Yeah, you're going to be thrilled to be back. I know you've called it home in interviews, so it's going to feel yeah. like home getting back to those restaurants. You mentioned Craig Smith and Mr. Smith's. Uh, I, I wanted to, to enlighten the people that, you know, in your last stint here in South Dakota, you guys went 48 and 21, 23 and seven in the summit. The last two years you were there, you had a conference regular season championship. Now you're back. Obviously you're comfortable with the surroundings. I, I wanted to ask you what makes uh, South Dakota such a place that breeds success. You won there totally even before you had some success as yeah. well. Uh, what is it about South Dakota and the program that, that breeds the success? Yeah, I think you start with people. I, that's the way you win at a high level. You win with people. And I've won um, with, with bad people before, and it's not very much fun. Um, I think our community is awesome. Um, you know, it was, it was fun to see when I first got hired, our women's team made the Sweet 16. And that's a huge, huge deal. Well, I go down to Wichita for the games, and we brought 6,000 people down for the women's basketball game in Wichita, Kansas. Playing Michigan, it felt like a home game. So I think people are very passionate about hoops in the state of South Dakota, and they love basketball here in Vermilion. I think that's number one. On uh, number two, we have a lot to sell. It's a smaller town, but honestly, we have a $70 million facility. I've been to every school in the Pac-12. I've been to every school in the Mountain West. I would put up our facilities with any of those schools. Honestly, like look it up. If you haven't seen it before, it's a $70 million facility. Uh, it's called the Sanford Coyote Sports Center. Sanford Medical is in Sioux Falls, gave us a ton of money for that. Uh, built the facility. Uh, we had a donor that gave us a million dollars to put stuff in our weight room, not to build the weight room. The weight room was built. Here's a million dollars. Make it the best weight room in the Midwest. So I think kids, when they get to campus, they're not really sure what to expect. It's a small town. It's a college town. It's a really fun place to go to college. But when they walk through our facilities, they're just looking around like, what, what is happening right now? This can't be real. Um, I hired a guy named Brandon Ubell as my, one of my assistants, and he came, he played at Nebraska. They were in the Big 12 and the Big 10, and then he was with us at Utah State, and he's with us at Utah for one year. And we, I walked him in the back door his first day, and he's looking around like, this place is crazy. So I think selling that is a huge, huge deal. Um, I think it's a great place with good people. Our conference tournament is in, is in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is 45 minutes away. And you, as you know, you got to win three games in three days. That's what it comes down to, to make the NCAA tournament. And essentially, it's, it's almost like a home game for us if we do it right. So I think there's a lot of great things to sell about this place, uh, probably more than I, I have time to talk about with you on this call. Um, but, you know, I came here because we had won at a high level, like you mentioned, and we kind of had a blueprint how to do it. And you know, coming back to a place that you're familiar with, a place that you believe in the AD, you really believe in the president and all your values and goals align. It was the perfect fit for me. Um, you know, I didn't want to leave Utah after one year. 
Um, every other place we had been to, we'd built. And that was probably my only regret about coming here is we didn't have time to build it yet at, at Utah. And Craig will, Craig will get that thing going, but I've been a part of that everywhere. So that, that was the only hard part for me. It was really easy to come back here because just being familiar with the town, being familiar with the school, um, how to win here. I have a lot of really good friends here. Obviously, my favorite restaurants are here. Um, the river runs through, the Missouri River runs through uh, Vermilion, which we've spent a lot of time in the summer on the river. Um, so there's a lot of cool things about this place that people don't know, but um, it's, a, it's a phenomenal place to raise a family and a place that I, if I didn't feel like we could do it again here and win at a high level, I would have never came back here. But I believe in this place uh, with, with every fiber in my body. And speaking of winning, the roster is kind of set up for it. And part of that's because of what you've done already. Uh, you've gotten Cruz Pearl Hunt back out of the, the portal, Mason Archambault. I saw with Drew from the portal as well. Got some pieces back. Tassos Camateros, another double-digit scorer. And I'm, I'm a big fan of Paul Bruns. I, I saw you guys uh, pull him out of the portal across state lines from North Dakota. I was really impressed with him last year, what he was able to do for a team that maybe didn't have as much success as he would have liked, but – He's a talented guy. Uh, so with that nucleus and and potentially AJ Plitzewhite, I'm going to make this a little bit of a two-part question for you. Uh, how are you viewing the expectations with the really talented roster, a lot of production back? And then is there any timeline you can update us on for AJ's recovery from that knee injury from in, in 2021? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I expect us to be very good and I expect us like our goals are going to be to win the summit league and to make the NCAA tournament. And, um, you know, I told our guys on the initial Zoom call when I met them because they were all on spring break. But like, if you don't have those same goals, like we can't we can't do this here. And I'm, so we I'm sure that's what they were focused on in spring break. Right. That's yeah, that. <laughs> no, exactly. But, but it was fresh in their mind because they just lost in the semifinal game. Uh, Todd Lee did a great job. Phenomenal coach. And, um, you know, so like they just lost in the semifinal game and, and they were still thinking about it. And they saw South Dakota State win the win the tourney. They saw him play in the NCAA tournament. Like those guys watched that game. And it's crazy. The first night I checked into the hotel, I turned the TV on and they're replaying our game against South Dakota State in the semifinal game. So it kind of kind of was jabbing me in the side a little bit, too. Um, but like our, our full expectation is like we always say we want to win at the national level and make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, we want to win games in the NCAA tournament. Now, that's really tough to do. It's tough to make the NCAA tournament. We didn't win any games in the NCAA tournament at Utah State. and We had some really good teams. So it's extremely hard to do that. Oral Roberts did it a couple of years ago. Uh, Paul had a great team and, and made an awesome run. Uh, really good exposure for our league. But number one, um, you know, we, we want to win the league. We want to win the tournament. And with our roster coming back and the pieces that I feel like we're going to add to it, I think we have a chance to be competitive right away. Um, you know, everybody asked when I first got hired, like, what's the first thing you're going to do? And you could say anything. My thing was, I'm going to re-recruit our players. I think you almost have to do that every single year. But it's hard when you take a job because they don't know you and you don't know them. You're kind of just thrown into it's almost like speed dating a little bit. You're thrown into it. And you're trying to get to know each other really quickly. And one mistake I think that uh, we made at Utah is we we lost, I think, two or three guys in May. And it was a huge deal. Like at that level, we only had four players return from the previous year. And when you lose those guys in May, it's really hard to recruit in May at that level. So I approach things a little bit differently with the transfer portal. I always feel like that's their right to go in the transfer portal. A lot of coaches might not be happy with it. I think it can help us too. So you got to look at it as a positive, but I was just like, listen, if you're thinking about it, 
go in the portal. Just go, go see what else is out there and give me two weeks to re-recruit you. And if after those two weeks, you don't want to come back, we at least know that. And then we can move on with other players. So, um, you know, Cruz went in the portal, uh, Mason went in the portal, which is crazy because Mason, you know, first time I talked to him, I said, Mason, what's, what's your dream school? And he's like, South Dakota. And I was like, well, why do you want to leave? You know, and he, and he's, he's going to graduate from South Dakota, but he just wanted to see what else was out there. And he wanted a chance to get to know me. And Mason was the first to come back. Cruz took a couple of visits, uh, realized like, why would I, why would I move laterally? Um, this is a, I, I have friends here. I have, I have a good support system here. We got to know each other. Um, so getting those two guys back were really important. You know, Tassos had talked about potentially going in the portal. I uh, wasn't hundred percent sure was asking questions like what would happen if he did. And ultimately he decided I'm not going to do that. Um, and then, you know, we got, we got Paul and that happened pretty quickly. Uh, I had watched Paul at Utah, you know, when kids go in the portal and you have a connection to a certain area, you just watch them. So I already knew about Paul. So when I got hired, Paul literally was on campus the next day. And wow. did a home visit with him the following Monday and um, try to get that thing wrapped up as quickly as possible. And Paul is actually from 20 minutes down the road. So South Dakota kid. And it's important. Like Mason's a South Dakota kid. AJ's a South Dakota kid. And Paul's a South Dakota kid. Like when you're the University of South Dakota, that means something to them. And it helps build your program and it helps with the culture of your program. So I'm really excited about those three guys. I'm excited about our team. But those three guys being from South Dakota, I think, is a huge, huge deal for our state. And, and um, I think we got a really good team coming back. Now, it's, it's our job as coaches to add the right pieces to it and then hopefully get some younger kids underneath those guys so when they graduate, we don't fall off. Um, but AJ, AJ looks really good. Um, I worked Great. him out the second week I was hired. Um, I gave him that first week to get back from spring break, worked him out, and he wasn't fully cleared yet for contact. So we just did some individual skill stuff. And I was shocked how explosive he was for having that injury. Um, I think he tore his ACL, tore his MCL, tore his hamstring was the injury. Oh, and man. was close where he, he might have he never played again um, if, the, if the situation didn't line up with some medical people there. So, um, you know, I think he's hungrier than ever. You know, when you sit out a year, I think you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about the game of basketball. And he was actually fully cleared uh, about a week ago for work for like full contact workouts. We've been doing some of that stuff. Uh, my plan with him was just to kind of ease him into that stuff and not just go full go right away with the contact, um, get him confident in that knee. He's got a brace on it and then um, get his body right in the weight room. That's something that we've talked about a lot is how do we get you back? And, and I went through this with a guy named Namiya Keita at Utah state. Uh, Namiya went to the NBA combine after his freshman year decided to go play with the U20 team in Portugal, hurt his knee. Well, he was out for over half of the next year, partially because he put on so much weight, which he needed to for his position, but it took longer for him to come back because he was heavier. And that's a huge, huge goal of, uh, of ours after talking to AJ is how do we get your body right to make it through the season and get you to where you want to go? So really happy with AJ so far. Um, this was our last workout this morning. Um, because they got to be dead next next week with finals. They can't work out. And then we'll get them back in the middle of June. But I know he'll be here. I know he'll be working on his body um, until we start workouts in June. That's that's fantastic. Because I, I remember when that injury happened and thinking like the concern was it could be really, really long term with the, the multiple different injuries that had happened at one time. So 
great to hear. Yeah. I, I think he'll mesh really well with a lot of the other guys you have coming back with Paul. Uh, so yeah, the, the nucleus, the future is very bright at South Dakota. I think those summit league goals are are realistic and that's, that's kind of the best part. Uh, you mentioned earlier the the Ace Hardware story and, and, and eating there. Uh, I wanted to circle back to just any any other recruiting story. Uh, our, our boss, our head man, uh, the man up top, Jeff Goodman, wants us to really hone in on this. Any recruiting story, you can go back to Williston State, Minnesota State, Moorhead, anytime uh, in your coaching career, something crazy that's happened or stood out to you as, as a wild story. Yeah, I'll tell, and I don't know if it's specifically, but I'll tell you, something I did, which I think really helped my career. And then I want to talk about Namiyash Keda and his story, his recruiting story at Utah State. But when I was a JUCO coach, um, we only had seven scholarships. And it was, you know, we, we had three international tuition waivers that we could take international kids and they wouldn't count against our, our limit. So you know how it is, like, as a coach, anybody listening knows this, if you coach, you get like 15 international emails a day. Hey, take this kid. Hey, watch this film. So I, I couldn't do it anymore. I just basically said, okay, I had a standard response that I would just copy and paste out of Microsoft Word. Hey, I would love to come over and run a camp for you. Um, you don't have to pay me. Uh, you can charge the kids whatever you want, but you have to pay for my airfare and you have to pay for my hotel to get there and my food. And that's all I need. And I'll teach your coaches like drills. I'll help develop coaches in your country. Uh, but I want to run a camp. Cause I want to see every kid live. I didn't have the money just to fly over there and watch a kid work out. And it's really, really hard to take an international player if you haven't seen them live, because there's so many different levels over there that if you don't really know the level, you don't know how good it is. So next thing I know, like everybody's emailing me and saying, yes, let's do it. Well, now I can't, I didn't think anybody was going to say yes. <laughs> then I couldn't keep up. I've been to probably like, I don't know, 30 different countries and run camps and met a lot of people which I think has really helped me at Utah State. We had a lot of international players, which leads me into um, Namiya Shkeda. When I got hired at Utah State, um, I texted like, you know, maybe five or six guys over there that really, that aren't, they don't write for anybody. Um, they just go to all the stuff. They're really involved with um, the, their countries and they, they, they're at the ground level. They're not trying to do it for anything but to help kids. And um, so I text these guys. I'm like, hey, send me three guys on your list that you think are under-recruited or like would be really good college players. And there was one guy in every single list and it was Namiya Shkeda. So I get in touch with them. Um, one of the guys helping him is a foreign exchange student who was actually a foreign exchange student in Wisconsin. Okay. End up knowing mutual people. We both love the Packers, obviously. So we had that connection there. Um, but finally, he's just like, hey, why don't you come over here? Because he just doesn't know the process. And Namish did not have one other scholarship offer. There were schools like Texas Tech, St. Mary's, I think Creighton, and some schools like that that were interested, but nobody actually, I think, believed in that kid to say, we want you in our program. And Nimi was like 6'10 at the time. He was probably 190, 195. And you could see he had a chance to be good, but he wasn't there yet. And it, would, it was like, hey, we're going to have to take this kid and probably develop him. And in two years, he might, he might make it. Well, I watched film on Nimi from a year before that, and he was okay. And then I watched six months before that, and he was a lot better. And then I watched film from the current FIBA stuff, and I'm like, this kid's a pro. Like, he's really good. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to get my butt over to Portugal, which not a lot of coaches go to Portugal to find college players. Um, not a lot of college players in general from Portugal. So it was cool going over there. 
and seeing his gym, seeing where he grew up, you know, you pull into the, the apartment complex and it's just this big white building with open windows and like the, the sheets hanging out drying on the, the balcony and there's kids playing soccer in the dirt right outside his apartment complex. And I'm just like, man, I, I looked at him like Nimi, like, if you let me, we're going to change your life. And, and it was the coolest thing ever because he became the first NBA player ever from Portugal. So he's with us for, for uh, one year at Utah state gets um, invited to the combine. He was freshman of the year in the league. He was defensive player of the year in the league. He was second team, all league and decides to come back. Like I said, hurt his knee comes back, plays half the season. Well, it, our, our tournament gets canceled for COVID. So he finally gets healthy towards the end of the year and nobody sees him playing the NCAA tournament. Honestly, if, if they did, he might not have come back his third year. Well, decides to come back. I think COVID was the best thing for him. Stayed in Logan, Utah, um, got in the weight room, got in the gym, a little different type of scenario there. I think he was going to a church in Utah lifting and doing that stuff. Every, every church in Utah has got a gym in it. Um, that's why Utah basketball is so good. But got a lot better and averaged a double-double his last year. Uh, was all league, was runner-up for defensive player of the year in the country. And I think he was drafted, you know, early in the second round with the Kings. So kind of a cool story. And then when he goes back there, you see his picture. Somebody paints a mural of him oh, on the side of that apartment complex. And like, you know, all the kids when we were there, like, hi, Nimi, they're waving at him and stuff. And because he's super tall, but nobody actually thought he could be an NBA player. Right. Right. So that part was a cool recruiting story because I saw where he came from. I saw him and helped him and developed him at Utah State and then saw where he's at now or see where he's at now. And it's just become full circle. And Nimi's like the greatest dude you ever meet. We'll FaceTime my kids. Uh, we'll spend time with them whenever he sees them. Unbelievable dude. But it's just, it's really cool to see where he came from. So yeah, I don't know if that's like yeah. fun or funny or like exciting, but it, for me personally, it, it was. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fantastic. Cato was one of my, my favorite guys to watch. He kind of like built the offense around him too. His junior year, he became kind of like the featured post score, great passer. Uh, so yeah, the development was remarkable. Uh, I was just reading the Giannis book uh, by Mirren Fader talking about how when he goes back to Greece, there's the portrait of him. And so it's cool to hear that, like, it's not just that it's, it's happening with Cato in Portugal as well. Um, but Hey, I I've already, I've kept you over what, what I said I would keep you for. Um, so one last question, uh, I'll, I'll let you, you know, open, open floor here. Any message to South Dakota fans, people that are going to be observing the program, the summit league, anyone that's going to watch coyote basketball, what, what should we be looking for? What's kind of the one thing you want people to really notice about uh, South Dakota in the next couple of years? Yeah. Um, I would say number one, one thing we brought at each stop we made was Gata basketball, G-A-T-A. It's an old football term. It's called get after their butts. Um, <laughs> and that, that involves a lot of thing, if you, things. If you look at our shell at Utah State, we, did, we weren't at Utah long enough for this, but we were all three years, we were top 10 in the country in defense. We were top 10 in the country in rebounding. I think we were top 10 in the country in offensive rebounding, and we were top 10 in the country in assists. I think our last two we were top five in two of those categories and seventh in the other one. So what is Gata basketball? It's everything. Like when you play unselfish and you move the ball and you play the right way, people want to watch you play basketball. It's fun to watch you play. When you guard people, when you're the toughest team on the floor every single night, like we always say, um, when you're done playing that team, you want them to say in their head or in the locker room, like, man, I don't ever want to play those dudes ever again. And we've had people with scheduling just say, no, like we're not playing you guys. You guys don't beat yourself. You're always tough. 
you're physical, you do the right things, you play the right way. And that's a huge part of what we did at South Dakota the first time. And that will bring back to South Dakota this time, get after their butts in a major way. We're the first on the floor for loose balls. Um, we're, we're the best defensive team in the league. That's our goal every year. Uh, we want to be an elite rebounding team. So uh, I know the Summit League is known for their offense and their three-point shooting, but how do you win at a high, high level? You do those other things too. Like that's a given. Uh, you can make shots from the perimeter, but if you don't guard consistently every single night, you're not going to be good and you're not going to have a chance to make that championship game in Sioux Falls. So it'll be different. Um, you know, the, the cool part is our fans kind of saw that for a couple of years, uh, year three and four, we were really good here. Um, our fourth year in the final mid-major poll, we were number two in the country behind Gonzaga. So and Gonzaga is not a mid-major team, but I think we won 26 games, had a chance to beat UCLA at the buzzer. TCU beat us right at the last second. So we had a really, really good team that we built and we were going to be good for a long time, but how do we get there playing Gata basketball and trying to be the toughest team every single night. So when you do that, fans love watching that style of play. And I think um, the guys that we will, will recruit in this program will thrive with how we're going to play. So I think it's an exciting brand of basketball to watch. And um, I'm not sure our opponents will think it's exciting. That's the plan or the goal anyways, but uh, I love being back here. Um, we're going to get really involved with the community and, um, we're going to try to do something with the mental health piece in college basketball. That's something I'm very passionate about and not a lot of people talk about right now. And, you know, our goal is obviously to start here in Vermillion, but eventually like get the summit league coaches on board. How do we promote mental health? How do we get the NCAA to give us more money for when a player wants to talk to somebody uh, about mental health and fund that where I know at Utah, Jim and Utah state, we had unbelievable resources for that. I'm not sure every school in the country has that. So not just basketball, but how do we make college basketball better outside of basketball? And the mental health piece will be a part that I'm really passionate about um, in my career here at South Dakota. Love hearing that. I think people, fans of the program are going to love hearing that. Uh, folks, that is the new coach at University of South Dakota, Eric Peterson. Uh, Eric, I appreciate you hopping on here, taking some time with the Field of 68, joining us on our Off the Carousel series uh, we wish you the best of luck this season. I hope you uh, accomplish those, those big Summit League goals and beyond. Uh, and again, best of luck to you as you go forward as a head coach here. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Go Yotes. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.